What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about divine protection. And so, you know, I feel like this topic is very relevant in the days that we're living in. You know, it's so important as believers to really get it in our spirit, you know, the promises of God concerning our life and really having a confidence, a confidence not just in our head, but in our spirit that that what happens to others is not permitted to happen to the people of God. You know, in the book of Job, it talks about that there was a hedge of protection around Job, his family, and all of his possessions. And, and really knowing that there is a hedge of protection around the people of God. But but really, it, well, it goes back to, what does Hosea 4, 6 say? My people are destroyed. They are perishing for a lack of knowledge. So it's important as believers that we know what God has promised us concerning um, divine protection, concerning divine health, concerning all these things. Because really, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, it will be done unto you according to your faith. So it's important that we actually have faith for the things that are are in God's word because many people they would say oh yeah I trust God to protect me but mental assent does not equal faith Faith is a substance that is drawn from the word of God coming into your spirit and being illuminated by the Holy Spirit like it becomes a revelation to you it becomes the rhema word of God in your spirit faith is the substance or the evidence of things not seen so faith is not just like oh yeah I believe God will protect me faith Faith is a substance that is generated in your spirit and it only comes from having God's word burning and depo- burning in you and deposited in your spirit. And so that's why it's so important to not just be like, oh yeah, you know, you, you or the other the people either A, they're like, oh yeah, I trust God to protect me, but they don't actually know what God's word says or B, they know what the scriptures say, but they almost treat it as, oh, that's just like really comforting. That's like touching like, oh yeah, Psalm 91, like we know what that says, right? Like, you know, it's more of like comforting or encouraging words. And let me tell you, that is how I used to be. You know, when I was younger, I used to always just think like, okay, well, God's word, like that's not really like, we can't really expect that to happen, but like, it's really like encouraging to read it. Like to truth be told, that's like what I used to think. But then I realized that when you take God's word for what it is and you you believe it wholeheartedly and you you develop faith on the inside of you that your faith your believing in its reality is what makes it true in your life faith is what takes God's word and makes it your reality So again, like I said, this is more than mental ascent. So I'm going to share on some scriptures and I pray that as these scriptures begin to burn in your heart, that they will become a revelation to you. And that revelation is going to produce faith. And according to your faith, it will be done unto you that you and your family are going to experience divine protection in the days that we're living in. Because we know the times are getting darker and darker. Jesus said that that things are going to get worse. 
but not for the people of God. Because as darkness covers the earth, behold, the glory of the Lord shall be seen on you. What does that mean? The goodness of God is going to be seen upon you and your family because you will be divinely protected in the days that we're living in. When there's destruction, when there's calamity, when there's chaos, you you will be unharmed. Why? Because of that hedge of protection that is around you. And so I want to start off by reading just is an introduction. This scripture in Psalms 33, verse 16 through 20, it says the best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory for all its strength. It cannot save you. So what is he saying here? All the stuff of this world, ultimately, it may help you, but it cannot save you. It cannot protect you. It's not in the days that we're living in. It's not going to be enough. The only person that can be relied upon to save you, to protect you is the Lord. In the next verse, it says, but the Lord watches over those who fear him for those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So God rescues his people. He, he, he will protect you from death. And it says here, there's another scripture in, I think it's Psalm 34. It says that even in famine, you will have more than enough. So that's, there's a huge difference between the people of God and the people of the world. And so it, this is another um, verse uh, in Psalm 31. This is a promise for those who put their faith in God for protection rather than the government, rather than whatever medical experts out there, when you put your trust in God for your protection, there's a promise that comes with that. Not only protection, but it says, Psalm 31, 19, how great is thy goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. So what is this saying? That God has a special reserve of his goodness that is stored up for those who will trust in him for their protection. That's a good scripture. I like this scripture. Psalm 31, 19. And it says that he will bless them before the watching world, that God will make you a display of his goodness and of his power as, as he, he is your shield and he, he secures his people. He keeps them safe in times of destruction. And so that's one great promise for people who come to him for protection. So I have three things here. Um, and honestly, there's so many more. So maybe I'll do a part two to this. I don't know. But these are three things that God will divinely protect you from. That it's so important to get in our spirit in the days that we're living in. The first one is he will protect you from premature death. The second one, he will protect you from sickness and disease. And the third one, he will protect you from judgment. So I'm going to go through and, and kind of talk about each of those. And so I'm going to kind of read some stories here in the Old Testament. Important to understand everything in the Old Testament is a type and a shadow of Christ. If you're not reading the Old Testament in light of the cross and redemption and the resurrection, you know, you may be missing a thing or two and you may get your doctrine a little confused. So understand all of this is types and shadows of Christ. So the first one I want to talk about is God will divinely protect you from premature death. Eh, there, uh, there's so much that could be said about this topic, but you need to settle it 
in your heart of hearts, no matter what, um, what maybe stories you've heard or things people that you know have experienced, regardless of that, it's important to settle in your heart of hearts that nothing and no one is going to take you out until you have completed your God-given assignment. Why? Because that's the will of God for your life. In Psalm 91, it says, with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation. So you are permitted to live until you are satisfied with your life and until you have completed what God has given you to do. And this is, this is like not some side doctrine. This is all throughout the Bible. You know, I don't have time to get into like every scripture with it. But, you know, for instance, with Paul, Paul lived his life. They didn't kill Paul. Paul laid his life down when he was finished his assignment. He said, I have finished my race. And he knew when he was about to be martyred. And until then, no one could kill him. They tried to stone Paul years prior and they stoned him to death and he popped up, got back up and started preaching again. Why? Because he wasn't finished what God had called him to do. So understand and settle it in your heart that nothing and no one is going to take you out until you're finished. Till you're finished and you're satisfied with your life. With long life, he will satisfy you. And, and there's another scripture. I mean, there's scriptures that say that all throughout the Bible. There's another one in Proverbs. It talks about when you receive wisdom, which what Christ is our wisdom, the New Testament says. So when you receive wisdom, it says in her right hand is long life and in her left hand is riches and honor. So your portion when you receive Christ is long life. Jesus died young so that you could live long. Jesus was crucified at the age of 33, right? So Jesus died young so that you could live a long, full life here on this earth and complete your God-given assignment. So I want to read in Exodus 12. Exodus 12 is the story of the Israelites when they were in Egypt and um, Moses was, was trying to get the Israelites out of Egyptian captivity. And all of the plagues were coming upon the land of Egypt. But, but what's important to note is that none of the plagues could touch the Israelites. They were divinely protected every single time. And so the last plague was um, the Lord told Moses, the angel of death is going to come through the land of Egypt and every firstborn child is going to die. Right. So the angel of death was about to come through the land and, and people were about to die prematurely, the firstborn child of every household. And so what's so awesome is that God told the Israelites how they would be protected from this death. And he told them to kill a, a spotless lamb and to put the blood on the doorposts of their homes, right? And then in uh, Exodus 12, 13, the Lord said that the blood shall be a token or a sign to you upon the doorposts of your house. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall be upon you to destroy you. In verse 23, it says, um, when he sees the blood on the lintel, on the, on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So this is like so powerful and understand this is Old Testament. So if the blood of an animal protected them from the actual angel of death, how much more does the actual blood of Jesus, so that lamb or that animal was a type of Christ right? 
and that blood, a type of the blood of Christ. So that was just a shadow of the real. And the New Testament says that when you were saved, that we've been sprinkled with the blood of Christ. So you don't have a shadow of the real. You have the actual blood of Christ that has been sprinkled on you. And so you have to understand, obviously, you can't see that blood in the natural. But what's more real than the natural is the spiritual realm, the invisible realm of the spirit. And let me tell you how real that blood is. It's extremely real. It's more real than you think it is. The blood of Jesus is on your forehead in the spirit realm. And let me tell you, like it says in that verse, this blood shall serve as a sign to every devil in hell that would try to take you out. When they see the blood, it's a no-touch zone. It's like, you can't touch this. You know what I'm saying? So, and I want you to get, I want you to grab a hold of this because understand, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. Some people have more faith in what's going on out here in the world than they do in the blood that's been sprinkled on them. And that's why it's so important to keep this in the forefront of our minds and to keep it in our mouth that, that you begin to speak and confess your blood-bought rights, that you, that you have a right to divine protection, that you have a right to long life because of the blood that's been sprinkled on your head. And so let me, let me say one more thing about that. So in the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, it says that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word over you. So what does that mean? The blood of Jesus has a voice. The blood of Jesus is actually speaking in the spiritual realm. There's blood sprinkled on your forehead and that blood is speaking a better word over you. It's declaring this person is redeemed. This person with long life, they will have long life. This person is protected. So the blood is, is, is speaking of your redemption, of your divine protection, of, of all that Christ has purchased for you. The blood is speaking that in the spirit realm, right? Right, okay, follow me. (laughs) And the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So when you begin to declare out of your own mouth the same thing that the blood is speaking, right? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing shall be established. So when you begin to line up your mouth with what the blood is saying, that reality is going to be established. So as believers, we don't walk around speaking fear, speaking death, speaking destruction. We walk around declaring, bless God, I've been redeemed. The blood declares that I am healed. I am protected. I am, I am set apart, that, that you're the, the child of God, that you've been bought with a price. So when you, when you begin to line up your mouth with what the blood is saying, that's proof that there's faith in your heart. Why? Because faith speaks. Faith has a voice. And so when you begin to release that out of your mouth, that reality is going to begin to be established in your life. That's why I make it a habit to say, if anybody's talking about somebody getting taken out at, on, at a young age, You better be sure I'm going to be saying nothing and no one's going to take me out till I've finished my race, till I've completed my God-given assignment. So it's important to, to line your mouth up with the blood that's speaking a better word over you. So that's the first one. 
We have divine protection from premature death. Second one, we have also divine protection from sickness and disease. Obviously, this is very pertinent in the days that we're living in um, when pestilences are uh, prevalent and will be more prevalent. Uh, Jesus said they will increase and there will be more of them. So it's important to understand that you have a blood-bought right to live protected from sickness and disease. This is like, you know, I could talk about this for like five hours, but I don't have time on this podcast. But this is important. You can grab a hold of this. Okay, so where do I want to start? Exodus 15. This is another Old Testament type of a New Testament reality. So Exodus 15, this is where the Lord reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. So this whole story, it talks about, um, so they had just come out of Egypt. They were in the wilderness. They needed water. And so they found, uh, it says, now when they came to Marah, they, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. So they found water, but it was bitter. They couldn't drink it, right? Um, and then it says in verse 24, Exodus 15, 24, um, they complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Okay, and so what is the tree is a type of the cross, right? In Galatians 3.13, the Bible says, cursed, cursed is anything that is hung on a tree, right? And we know that Christ became a curse for us and he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So the tree is a type of the cross where Jesus took the curse of sin in our place and the curse of sin spelled out in Deuteronomy 28, part of it is sickness and disease is part of the curse of sin. And so Jesus on the cross took that curse in his body. And now we are redeemed from sickness and disease. And so, and if you go on to read in verse 26, it says, um, the Lord said, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. So this whole passage is about healing, right? But what the Lord was just kind of bringing to my mind as I was reading this, it's talking about water, which is interesting. And when it says that the waters at first, they were bitter. I started thinking about, there's a scripture in the New Testament. I don't know exactly where it is, but uh, Jesus says to Peter somewhere or one of the disciples, are you willing to drink the cup that I'm about to drink when he was about to go to the cross? And what is that cup? He was talking about the cup of suffering or the cup of the wrath of God. So before you were saved, before you, know, before you received uh, the free gift of salvation, the Bible says the wrath of God was abiding on you. So all of us, we deserve to drink the cup of God's wrath. You deserve the wrath of God because of your sin. I deserve the wrath of God because of my sin. But Jesus stepped in and he drank that bitter cup. He drank the cup of God's wrath in my place when he was on the cross. God poured out all of his wrath against sin. The consequences and the penalty of sin was poured out on Jesus. He drank the bitter water 
And then what does he do? He takes your bitter cup, your cup of wrath. He takes it from you. And then Jesus hands you a cup of sweet water. He hands you the cup of salvation. It talks about in the book of Psalms, David said, I will take up the cup of salvation. What is that? Everything that Christ has purchased for you. So Jesus took away the penalty for sin. He took away the wrath of God, that bitter cup. He took it out of your hand and he hands you a cup of salvation, sweet water. And what is he saying about this sweet water? When you drink this sweet water of the salvation of Christ, you will not experience the diseases that came upon the Egyptians. For he says, I am the Lord that heals you. How did he heal you? By taking away the wrath of God that was abiding on you. He took away what you deserve, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation for your sin. When he took that away, sickness lost its power over your life. This is so powerful and I could get so deep with this. I'm gonna try not to get too deep, but what's interesting is that this is related to that, that Jesus took our judgment or our wrath You know, the guilt, the guilt that you feel for your sin or condemnation. What is condemnation is feeling the guilt and the weight of your sins. And the Bible says that condemnation kills, but the spirit gives life. And so I believe, and I've heard this taught before too, that many times an open door for sickness in someone's life is not necessarily sin, but it's actually condemnation, feeling condemned, feeling guilty, because really we don't have to feel condemned at all ever because Jesus took, took all the penalty for our sins and our screw-ups anyway. But, but when we allow condemnation to come in, when we allow the enemy to lie to us, to accuse us, he is the accuser of the brethren, that condemnation, that guilt, that shame, the Bible says that condemnation kills. So I believe that that it really is an open door for sickness and disease. And because why the body begins to self-destruct when you feel guilt, when you feel shame, your body begins to self-destruct. But when you hear the good news of the gospel, that Jesus took that cup of judgment from you, he took the cup of condemnation of wrath that should lift every weight of guilt, every weight of condemnation off of you. And that, that freedom from condemnation is actually what brings healing to your body. Because when you know that you're at peace with God, when you know that you're at peace with God and your mind is at peace and you're at rest, your body can be whole. You can walk in divine health because you are confident of your oneness with God. And that's why it's so important to meditate on these truths. Because and obviously you may have symptoms that try to come on your body. I'm sure we've all experienced that. Symptoms try to come on your body. So what do we do? We, we don't freak out and feel content. We meditate, man. Thank you, Jesus, that you took, you took my guilt. You took the penalty of sin in my place. You took my sicknesses and disease. You begin to meditate on what Christ has done for you, right? And, and when you meditate on it, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So when you set your mind on what Christ has done and you begin to meditate on the word of God, it will be like a medicine to your body, And the more you keep this revelation burning on the inside of you, this revelation will protect you from sickness and disease. Psalm 91 says that no plague will come nigh thy dwelling. No sickness will even be able to come near you. 
when this revelation burns on the inside of you. So that's the second one, that God protects us from sickness and disease. This podcast is getting long. Okay, that's okay. I have one more. Um, so this is the last one. God will protect you from judgment. And so obviously I just kind of talked about that some, but, and this is so important because if you can get this, you can get the rest of everything because everything goes back to condemnation, judgment, all of this. People, you know, people being aware that, oh, I need, I, I deserve this because I did X, Y, Z. That whole concept, that's the sin consciousness. Really, that's the root of every problem you know, sin consciousness. So it's important to understand that you have divine protection from judgment, any kind of judgment or penalty for your sin. Okay, Deuteronomy 9. This is once again, another type of a New Testament reality. Deuteronomy 9, verse 25. Uh, This is, you know, about Moses and it says, And Moses, he said, I prostrated myself before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord said that he would destroy you. Therefore, I prayed to the Lord and said, oh, Lord God, do not destroy your people and your inheritance whom you've redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of this people or on the wickedness of their sin. This is powerful. Moses is a type of Christ. So what happened? God saw the Israelites' sin and their wickedness, and he said, I want to destroy them. Why? Because of the sin. Not because he didn't love the people, but because of the sin, right? But Moses, a type of Christ, steps in and prays for those people. And again, this is Old Testament. But understand that new covenant reality, Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he has a heavenly ministry and he is seated at the right hand of God and he ever lives to intercede for us. So when you do something stupid, you actually have a faithful witness in heaven, in the throne room of heaven that stands there representing you and he's praying for you and he is saying, he ever, and he's praying for you. And as he's praying for you, he's standing there as your representative. And because of Jesus representing you, God can overlook all your sin. And Jesus reminds the father, don't be mad at them. Remember, I, you, I took all the wrath in their place. I took all the judgment in their place. You destroyed. I, I took your destruction on me in their place. And this is so powerful. I pray that you can grab a hold of this. In the book of Revelation, that's why it calls Jesus the faithful witness. Because every moment of every day, he stands there as a witness that all of your sin, past, present, and future, has been forgiven and and wiped clean. That you are righteous. That you're washed in the blood. That you are whiter than snow. That you are guilt-free. So... We are well represented. (laughs) We are well represented before God the Father. So everything you do is when God looks at you, it's all filtered through the lens of this mediator, of your intercessor who is constantly praying for you. This 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 is powerful. So what does that mean? That you will never, if you have received Christ, if you have received Christ and been born again, You will never, ever, ever be judged 
for your sins. This is great news. I don't know if somebody, this is like really good news. You will never be judged for your sin. Why? Because God is righteous and he cannot judge the same sin twice. So if Jesus took my judgment and he's standing up in heaven, reminding the father of what he's done and he's praying for me. That's it. That's it. Jesus has already taken my judgment. He's taken my punishment. He's taken the penalty of sin. So I don't see anything standing between me and God any longer. So that's great. So that should give you a confidence that God will protect you in in every realm of life in the days that we're living in. He will protect you from premature death. He will protect you from sickness and disease. He will protect you from sudden destruction, the terrors of the night, the arrow that flies by day. Though a thousand may fall at your one side, though 10,000 may be dying all around you, these evils will not touch the child of God. Why? Because of Christ. Because of that blood that's sprinkled on your head. So I just want to encourage you today with that. To to be so aware of these promises that we have from God's word. And allow them to burn in you and produce faith in your heart. And, And like Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. That you and your family will be protected in all the days to come until Jesus returns. In Jesus' mighty name. This is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.